Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Open up your Bibles, if you would, this morning. We're going to take a brief look at Psalms 119, but if you'll go ahead and get to Exodus 14, Exodus chapter 14, we'll get there in just a moment, okay? And today, the title of the message is Confusing the Enemy. You know, uh, God loves to confuse the enemy. I love that about God. You know, uh, God has plans and God has uh, strategies that just, they not only confuse the enemy, they confuse us at sometimes. You know, sometimes we're left a little bit confused as to what God, you know, is doing or, or how he's going to handle this or, or why we went this direction, for example. But as you're turning to Exodus, the 14th chapter, uh, let me read Psalms 119, 105. The Word talking about the Word of God, talking about what we're going to look at today. The Word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. Now, what in the world does that mean? That means that the Word of God shines from where we are to our destination, but it also brightly shines on the next step we need to take. You know, we can see it's a, it's, it's, it's a road map but it's also a headlight so that we can know not only where we're going, but also the next step to take. Out of all, by the way, of the Old Testament Bible stories that give us direction and that give us, you know, that, that supply a roadmap for us, because the Bible is not just a history book, it's a roadmap, okay? And we can overlay our lives on the different stories, and we can see uh, how God is wanting to teach us through other people's testimonies how we also can be successful in doing His will. And if out of all the Old Testament Bible stories, I think the crossing of the Red Sea is one of my very favorites. You know, God led the children of Israel through so many situations so that he could establish his word and so that he could reveal spiritual principles to us so that we can follow his will on our road of life. When we overlay our spiritual lives on top of the story of the children of Israel being delivered from Egypt, it shows us not only the plan that God has to take us to a promised land, but it also shows us that when we encounter hurdles in life, problems, circumstances, situations, some that we cause and some that just happen to us and some that are perpetrated actually against us, when these things happen, it can shine a light on the way that we should take. It could tell us our next step that we need to take in order to please God. The book of Exodus records the history of God delivering the children of Israel from slavery to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. If we were to overlay our lives today over that story, then we would readily see that Moses equals Jesus. Okay? Moses was a deliverer. Jesus is a deliverer. Okay? Moses went down you know, uh, you know, to tell Pharaoh. By the way, Pharaoh equals Satan. Okay? Uh, Jesus went down to tell Satan, let my people go. 
Okay? Moses went down to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Went down where? Went down into Egypt, and Egypt is, re- re- represents the world. It equals the world. Jesus came into our world to tell the prince of this world that he had to let the children of God go. As we overlay, we can understand that slavery, the children of Israel, when they were in slavery, in bondage to the Egyptians, it equals our slavery to sin. That we are born into sin, born into slavery. We are born slaves to sin. The Israelites, they represent us. Not replacing Israel, but in addition to Israel. There is a replacement theology that says the church replaces Israel. That's not the truth. The church has been grafted in. We have been added to the root. Isn't that wonderful? We have become an addition to the root and the offspring of Jesse. Passover, in this particular story, equals the salvation that we receive by the blood of Christ, by the Lamb of God that is slain. As we overlay our lives, our experience on top of their experiences, we can readily see that the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud, when we read about it in in Exodus, equals the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit covers us. The Holy Spirit uh, 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 keeps us covered and is also a protection for us. The Red Sea is water baptism, which we're going to see some of our family members water baptized later today. And the Egyptian army, it represents those haunting demons of the past. You know those demons that want to chase you once you get saved. They want to chase you in your, in, in your new life, and they hope to recapture you. What their hope is is that they can re-enslave you to sin. There are a lot of Christians who have been born again because Jesus Christ came into the world, and he delivered us by the power of his blood, and he saved our souls, and yet demons of this world and sins of the past haunt and try their best to recapture born-again Christians, pulling them into sin and pulling them into bondage. Moses carried a stick with him, a staff. God's Word calls it a rod. It was a rod of authority. The rod of Moses equals our authority in the name of Jesus. It's that badge of authority, that rod of authority, the rod that Moses carried equals to us a sign that Almighty God is with us. It's the power of the name of Jesus. Wow. Well, I could go on and on and on and on and on, and we should, but let me encourage you just to continue reading that story after we conclude today. Uh, God gave us this account so that we could understand how he wants to interact with us in our lives. And the Bible is the most marvelous and the most foretelling roadmap you will ever find. It has answers and it provides direction for every question in life. It contains the answers for the things that we are facing. The Word of God truly is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It lights our pathway and also it's a lamp for our next step. And that's one of the reasons why we need to continue to go to the Word. Because it's the Word, the Bible says, that's able to build us up and give us an inheritance. You know, we are sanctified by the Word. It's the Word that that comes alive on the inside of us. 
the word. With this in mind, let's uh, go to the 14th chapter of the book of Exodus, where we will begin to read uh, our message from God today. Now, uh, the children of Israel, okay, they were being led by Moses out of bondage, in slavery to the Egyptians. They're in the land of Goshen. Verse 1 of Exodus 14. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they turn. Everybody say turn. Okay, that'll, that'll figure in here in just a moment. Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pihiroth, between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. It means they don't know what they're doing. They're confused. Okay? They're going around in circles. Now, catch this picture. God said, I want you to turn. And I want you to go down there. And I want you to camp down there. <laughs> because Pharaoh's going to see that. He's going to hear about the turn. And he's going to think you guys don't know what you're doing. They're going to be bewildered. He's going to say the children of Israel are confused or bewildered by the land. And the wilderness has closed them in. They've gone into a box canyon. <laughs> it's closed them in. They don't have any way of escape. There's nothing they can do. Then verse 4. Then God said to, to Moses, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart. That means I, I will handle his heart. I will manipulate his heart. I will, I will choose what he thinks. And I will choose what he believes. And I will harden his heart so that he will pursue you. Now, you know, you've already delivered quite a blow to him. But now... He's going to regain his courage. He's going to regain his strength. And he's going to begin to pursue you. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his armies that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. I got a plan, God says. And so the children of Israel did what God said. Look at this map for just a moment. Uh, this is one of many, and there are many different, uh, uh, you know, uh, takes on exactly what happened. But let me show you up in the top left up there. See that first beginning of that little red line? That's the land of Goshen. And uh, the, the, the children of Israel could have went from that little red line there to that little red dot over to the right. I mean, Israel's just right up there by that little, you know, closer than the blue line. It was, it was a short distance to go to the promised land. But God said, turn. I want you to turn. Because I have a bigger plan than just delivering you from your, from, from your moment. I've got a bigger plan than just delivering you from your current sin. I am going to destroy your enemies forever. But I have got to confuse them. But I'm, 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 going to fuse, I'm going to confuse them by making them think you're confused. So I want you to turn. And I want you to basically, they're going to think you done got hemmed in. You done got down there, right there in the corner of that Sinai Peninsula. <laughs> and there ain't no way to go. You got, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, water on both sides, on, on three sides. And so, wouldn't you know it, it was a masterful plan that God came up with. He's so smart. You know, the children of Israel didn't know what he was doing. They were confused and they complained every step of the way, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. They said they got much wearied because of the way which the Lord led them. But the Lord had a plan. 
The Lord had a plan that was bigger than their plan, more than just getting them out of slavery, more than just getting them into the promised land. He wanted to destroy the enemies of their past. He wanted to make sure that Pharaoh and the sin and their enemies and bondage could no longer capture them, had no chance to re-enslave them and recapture them. It's the picture that he has for us. So the Egyptians thought Moses and the children of Israel were confused, but it was really the Egyptians that was confused. Reminds me of a British sitcom. But, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's confused. Uh, this was not the first time or the last time that God would use this strategy against the enemies of his children. Sometimes God would confuse the enemies so much they'd turn and start killing themselves. God is absolutely amazing. He knows what he's doing. Well, God had the children of Israel turn, okay, and they went, you know, they, 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 they went a confusing direction. It confused them, and it confused, you know, uh, you know, uh, their enemies, but they were obedient. Exodus 14, verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the seaside, Pahiroth, before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so that they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They were so afraid. Why? Because they didn't know God had a plan. Okay? And to them, it just looked like they were boxed in. To them, it looked like it was all over. To them, look, it looked like there was nothing that could be done. I've done got myself in a hole. I've done got myself, you know, my, you know I'm, I'm between a rock and a hard place. I hear the Egyptians, and there's the sea. What am I going to do? Well, verse 13, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Well, that's easy to say, Moses. You got a big stick and you're shining. <laughs> do not be afraid. Stand still. Like what else am I going to do? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. And the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Well, now, here they are with their backs against the sea and facing this mighty army. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. And Moses said, well, just be still and watch what God's going to do. But listen to what God said to Moses in verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? What do you mean, what am I going to do? Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Go forward where? <laughs> Get closer to the water, closer to the enemy. Go get up. You got to do something. And then he said in verse 16 to clarify to Moses, but lift up your rod. The implication here is God is saying, listen, why are you crying to me? I have made a way. You just can't see it. I've got a plan. You just don't know it. Don't be afraid and don't be confused. Get up here and lift up your rod. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up your rod and stretch your hand over the obstacle that's between you and your salvation, between you and your deliverance, between you and your victory. You lift up the name of Jesus there. And he said, and I will divide it. It, 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 it will... It will divide. Boy, what a plan. That's some good preaching. <laughs> and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, the implication is if you don't lift that up, it ain't going to happen. I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. I gave you something to do this with. You might not think very much of it, but why do you think I've been having you carry that rod around with you? God has used it so many times. He used it in Egypt, and he's using it here. 
The Holy Spirit was leading them. The Holy Spirit went, went you know, before them in a cloud and went behind them as a pillar of fire. And the Bible says at this point that the cloud became a light to the children of Israel and it became darkness to their enemies. The Holy Spirit became light. Uh, the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, the children of Israel, the children of God began to get some revelation, began to get some energy, began to get some insight, and, and their enemies got stupider. Stupider, is that a word? Yeah. More stupid? What is it? Nah, they got stupider. <laughs> we'll go with more stupid for you. We'll go with stupider for me. I am, uh, I am a country boy after all. We have our own language. Moses stretched his hand out over the sea and the Lord parted it. Moses did what, what he, all he could do and God made it divide. The children of Israel went across on dry ground. You know the story. Pharaoh's armies pursued them as close as the cloud would allow. But, the, but, but, but that cloud, it was, it was a pillar of fire. He wouldn't allow them to get too close. Now, by the way, let me just tell you a little bit about the topography of that particular place, if that is the place where they crossed, okay? That is very deep. It's the Gulf of Aqaba right now, part of the Red Sea and also, you know, the, the Gulf of Sinai. But, uh, uh, but uh, right at that spot, there is a land bridge under the water. It's 800 meters wide. It's 250 meters deep down to it. So that's like, you know, two and a half football fields deep that the water had to go away from it. But then there's a land bridge 800 meters wide from that place right across to where Baal Zephon was. Isn't that interesting? Well, so, you know, they walked, and, and it, by the way, it's 10 miles across there, just a little more. It's, you know, um, 16 kilometers across there. That's a long way to walk, isn't it? 10 miles across there with the water up on both sides, and you're walking across there. And, uh, you know, uh, BBC did, a, did a, 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 some type of documentary or some type of thing here several years ago. You can Google it and find it probably. Is it possible for the Red Sea to part by wind? And yes, it is. Okay. And they even, but I would have believed it even if BBC said, no, it's not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, 250 meters down. So when the children of Israel get out on the other side, the Lord is looking down through the cloud. You didn't read the story. It, it, it reads better than I tell it. And you're looking down and God said, I'm going to give them a little trouble. He started pulling their chariot wheels off. <laughs> and they started, and all of a sudden they realized, all of a sudden they said, God is fighting for them. We got to get out of here. And they tried to get out and God pulled the chariot wheels off and they were kind of dragging in the mud and kind of, and, and the Bible says they tried, but it was so hard and so hard. And once they got out on the other side, you know, and the children of Israel were all safe and, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, verse 28 and the waters returned and covered, you know, basically all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. All those that had chased them into the sea, I don't know if it was the whole army or not, but everybody that went in after them, you know, most likely God let them get about six or seven, eight miles across there, you know. <laughs> and there's the cloud, you can't go any farther that way. And all of a sudden we got, oh, hold on a second, you know. God's after us. And they start trying to get out of there. Boy, that'd make a good movie, wouldn't it? And, uh, well, the Apostle Paul evidently he heard about this, you know, 1500 years later, the apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth and he 
remembers what God did. And he understands that it's significant and it means something today for us in its spiritual application to our lives. And so the Apostle Paul looks back to show us the plan of God in all of this. In 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, the Apostle Paul wrote to us, I would not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized un, uh, into Moses in the clouds and in the sea. They were baptized. He says what God was doing. He got them saved. Now, he just had to get like, you know, 600,000 to 1.2 million people baptized. Where can you find a pond that big? He just took them through the Red Sea, and he counted it as baptism. I love that. Moses equaled Jesus, the Red Sea water baptism, the, the Egyptian armies, the waters of baptism closed over them, and so that they heard and saw the haunting enemies of their past no more. It put an end. It buried their they're, they're enemies. That's what 1 Peter 3.20 tells us. It reveals in the Old Testament water baptism is an overlay. In fact, it overlays, uh, 1 Peter 3.20 does not overlay the children of Israel. It overlays Noah as water baptism. That Noah and these eight people were water baptized. They were saved by water. Peter says, even so now doth water baptism do the same for us. It delivers us and it closes the mouth of wickedness and all the stuff that was going on in the world. It shut the mouths of the wicked, idolatrous, sinful, haunting demons of the past. Wow. Peter tells us that it's not the washing of the way of the filth of the flesh, but it's the cleansing of a conscience toward God. There it was, you know, water washing it. Here it's the water of the word of Almighty God. We're circumcised of our heart, not of our flesh. The earth, uh, the, the, the whole earth in Genesis, in creation, was baptized in water. You remember God separated the water from the water. Noah and his family were water baptized. The children of Israel were water baptized in the Red Sea. Naaman the leper was water baptized in the Jordan River. Uh, you know, uh, John the Baptist was, uh, you know, a water baptized people in, 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 uh, in, 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 in Jordan with a baptism of repentance. Jesus was water baptized. Uh, Paul water baptized his converts in the name of Jesus. Water baptism so powerful. All throughout the Word of God, from Genesis all throughout the Word of God. All the pictures and stories that God gave us concerning water baptism uh, uh, are powerful. My most favorite is this one that we just read in Exodus 14. How powerful it is. One of the reasons... I love this is because it's a perfect plan of God confusing the enemies of our soul. And I believe that God has a plan today for our nation, our families, our churches, and for this generation today. I believe that God is a master at confusing the enemy. And sometimes when God begins to confuse our enemies, it confuses us too. Sometimes we're not sure what's going on. But we should never imagine that God does not know what's going on. We should never imagine that God does not have a plan, and His plan is to destroy the enemies of the cross, to destroy the enemies of your soul, destroy the enemies of all that is good. 
right now, we should be receiving more revelation, more light, more understanding while our enemies are getting stupider. <laughs> I had to remember that and say that on purpose. God is going to bury the haunting hordes of demons. He always does. Amen. If you have not been water baptized since you believe, let me encourage you to consider being water baptized. Listen, those haunting demons of the past will do their best to enslave you, if not physically, mentally, emotionally. Romans, the sixth chapter in verse four says this, therefore we were buried with Jesus through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, even we should also walk in the newness of life. Three things I'll leave with you as we are preparing this morning for water baptism. And for those of you that are there watching, I know it's a, it's a distance. And uh, here, uh, uh, water baptism for you, you know, you can come. You know, we'll water, I'll, I'll water baptize you any day of the week, okay? Any day, any night of the week, okay? I believe in water baptism. But if you're somewhere that is just not accessible here to Southeast Texas, then make sure that you connect with someone there. And uh, if you need help doing that, again, go to cotr.com. You can get on our Connect card. Just, just push the button that says Connect, and then leave me that request. I'll help you find someone, okay? I believe that there's a power that when we are buried with Christ in baptism, we are raised to walk in the newness of life. It shuts up the haunting demons of the past. It cleanses our conscience toward God. There's something powerful about water baptism after salvation. But let me leave you with three things. Number one, do not be afraid. The children of Israel were afraid. Don't be afraid. God has a plan, okay? 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let the enemies of your soul and the enemies of our nation be confused. Let them be consumed with pride and surprised when they run smack into the Holy Spirit. But you don't be afraid, okay? God's got this. Number two, lift up the name of Jesus over your life. The enemies of your life, you have a rod of authority, the name of Jesus. Lift up that name. If you have not been born again, you need to be born again then you can have access to that badge of authority. How do you get born again? By simply recognizing you need a Savior, repenting of your sins, and receiving Jesus by asking Him into your heart. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you will sincerely ask Him to forgive your sins and to come into your heart and your life and save your soul, He will, and He will do that right now. And you will have access to that name. Lift up the name of Jesus. God will make a way where there is no way. And then number three, I challenge you who have been born again and water baptized to walk in the newness of life, okay? You have been separated unto Christ. Consecrate yourselves, okay? Allow your conscience to be washed with the water of God's Word. Read the Word, take the Word, hear the Word, sing the Word, and let it refresh and cleanse your conscience. Immerse yourself in His Word, and you will find light to your life, 
while your enemies find darkness. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.